Hey everyone, welcome back to Third Down Gamble, the CFL betting podcast. I'm your host, Kyle McMahon. This is part two of our week 15 episode, and we'll be breaking down both games for Saturday's doubleheader and doing the usual review of how the teams involved fared last week as they prepare to move forward. We have a big Alouette's Blue Bombers clash to break down, but our first order of business will be to look at the Red Blacks and the Lions, who will meet again this Saturday in Ottawa after BC emerged triumphant this past Friday with a 29-5 victory. Obviously not a game with a whole lot riding on it. These teams are both down for the count, barring something miraculous unfolding. So I'll try to avoid droning on here for too long about them, but after we saw what we saw last Friday, it's almost impossible to have any optimism in regards to this Ottawa roster right now. It's hard to believe this team was 2-0 at one point, and if Ferdinand Adams hadn't happened to get injured when the Red Blacks and the Alouettes met back in Week 7, a game that Ottawa ended up winning in overtime, it's entirely possible they'd be riding into this game on a 10-game losing streak. I certainly had higher hopes for Jonathan Jennings and the three offensive points he was able to lead this team to last game, but it's tough not to feel some sympathy for a quarterback out there trying to operate with as little talent around him as the the Red Blocks are putting on the field these days. If there was one team out there that really couldn't afford to suffer injuries at skill positions, it was Ottawa, and unfortunately that's continued to happen to them as this season slips away. Brad Sinopoli was a late scratch last week, and while he's not a guy whose presence should make or break an offense, his absence in this particular spot left Ottawa with essentially two receivers and a bunch of replacement-level guys or, or newcomers that they've recently brought in. Now combine that with a running game that remains snuck in neutral with Moses Madu, who I've yet to see break one tackle this season, and the Lions' defense basically only had two guys on the field to concern themselves with the entire evening. And as we discussed last week, this is a BC defense that is trending upwards as the season goes on. Hard to put a ton of stock into the numbers BC put up here, holding the Red Blacks to a pathetic 35% efficiency rating. But those are right in line with the performances put in by Saskatchewan and Hamilton defenses against Ottawa recently. Unfortunately, we don't need to worry about how those numbers might translate against a more capable opponent, at least not this week. I wouldn't bank on Ottawa being as bad as they were on Friday. I I mean, it's hard to really get any worse, but by the same token, there's really not a lot of reasons why we should expect them to be a whole lot better. This offense has now averaged a shade under 12 points per game over the course of their last 10 football games. They have 13 offensive touchdowns in the entire season, and six of those came in the first two games. Those are historically bad numbers. If there is a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel, Ottawa will have Brad Sinopoli active for this game, and Devontae Dedman, who looked so good returning kicks before getting hurt back in August, is also expected to play on Saturday, so maybe a little bit of a a spark potentially coming from the return game. We've seen BC adjust their offensive game plan to minimize the self-inflicted damage the offensive line was causing these past two weeks, and this has at least somewhat paid off with, with a win and a close loss in Montreal. As far as Ottawa is concerned, I'm not sure there's really a whole lot they can do here. They they can't run the ball worth a damn, and, and that's not likely to change with Madu getting the bulk of the carries. I don't want to pick on one guy endlessly, but it's hard for me to fathom that GM Marcel Desjardins can't find somebody a little more dynamic to put that to put back there, especially with guys shaking loose from NFL training camps. 
you know, Medu's, uh, you know, this guy's the definition of a short yardage running back. He, he can plow ahead for a couple of tough yards, but when he hits a hole, there's, there's just no explosiveness to speak of. Now, there's plenty of guys who fit this description that have carved themselves out decent careers in the CFL as situational running backs, but they're, they're almost invariably, you know, non-imports. They're, they're Canadians that, that fill these spots. And to use one of your import slots at a, at a key position on, on a guy who just isn't giving you anything or a replacement level player can't is highly questionable in, in my opinion. But getting back to BC, they've they've turned a page on on offense to some extent. Uh, not not in terms of actually striking fear into anybody, but at a minimum, they've adopted a philosophy that will at least prevent the offense from outright losing games with with negative plays like like they were up until these last two weeks. Running back Brandon Rutley was was effective enough throughout the night on Friday. He ended up with over a hundred yards and graded over fifty percent on a high volume of carries. And in spite of, of the small ball being employed on the majority of snaps, the, the Lions actually did set a season high with eight explosive pass plays. Granted, that's not a, an Ottawa defense that's been particularly adept at preventing those, but the bottom line is the Lions came up with a game plan that gave them the best chance of winning, and, and they executed it very well. The betting line for part two of, of this B-list production uh, opened at minus three, and, and perhaps a little surprisingly to me, we, we haven't seen a move on this yet. Uh, now, I'm sure part of that is, is just the general lack of appetite from a lot of bettors to back either one of these teams, given their records. But after the thorough beating the, the Lions handed out on Friday, I, I expected we'd probably be seeing a, a similar number to the five, five and a half that, that that game closed at in spite of the change in venue. Moving from one stadium to the other for these these back to backs tends to be worth about a field goal in in the market most times, and you know while not overreacting to one or two games is crucial in in accurately handicapping these games. It's a little hard for me to fathom that BC didn't earn themselves an extra couple of points on on the line here based on the the first game. Can Ottawa surpass the fifteen point plateau is a legitimate question at this point. And in, in absence of a, a big play on, on special teams or, or defense that finds the end zone or, or sets up a tap-in, I'm, I'm inclined to lean towards no as, as an answer to that question. I, I think we probably get a closer game on Saturday than we did on Friday, but there's guys on that BC side playing for their jobs, and I don't anticipate a letdown from them week over week. This team went into Montreal two weeks ago and, and might have pulled out a win with better execution in the red zone. So I think at the very least, we probably see a similar level of, of compete in this game, and, and that's enough for me to like their chances of covering a field goal here. The over-under sits at 47.5, not a lot of movement, uh, probably not something that's going to attract a whole lot of action, but I think it almost goes without saying that under would be the play here if if you're so inclined. For reasons I, I will never understand, Ottawa was trying to run a hurry up on, on Friday, even in the first half when the game was still within reach. So, I mean, there there is the risk, if, if you want to call it that, in terms of a high snap count, which, which obviously you don't want if you're on the under. But the, the Lions were the complete opposite and should remain so, I, I would expect, using the full play clock on almost every snap. So uh, that more than balanced out any any of the unsuccessful hurry-up snaps that, that Ottawa was trying to get in. Okay, on to what should hopefully be a much more entertaining football game on Saturday afternoon, this one pitting the West-leading Blue Bombers coming off a of bye week, uh, paying a visit to the 6-5 and five Alouettes, who are firmly entrenched into second spot in the East. 
Winnipeg opened as short minus one favorites, and this line quickly saw them uh, as the preferred side of betters, moving out to two and a half in most places where, where it remains. So to backtrack a little first, Montreal is looking to rebound from a close loss in Saskatchewan. This game didn't differ greatly uh, from the Calgary-Hamilton game that, that preceded it last week. Montreal probably did more to win this game than Saskatchewan did, but one critical sequence of mistakes in the fourth quarter ended up flipping the result. This was a game that Montreal just felt in control of from the opening whistle, really, but the Riders managed to hang around despite a fairly lousy first half of the football game. Montreal had a chance to bury them early, but couldn't cash in a couple trips deep into Ryder territory with majors, settling for field goals, while the Riders continued to be lethal in the red zone, uh, parlaying a, a fairly modest outing statistically into a, a healthy 27 points. Nice game from William Powell here. Saskatchewan got back to their bread and butter, running the ball at a 50% clip in standard down situations and, and throwing a lot of short passes as well. Powell had a season-high five explosive runs, and the Riders clearly game-planned around exploiting a weak Alouette's front seven and went after them with a pretty good rate of success, particularly as this game wore on. But in spite of a nice rebound from an offense that had been in a, a bit of a funk, Vernon Adams and, and the Alouette's offense on the other side had an answer for every drive the Riders put together, and you know, really, ultimately, they just had the misfortune of not being on the field in the final three minutes of the game when, when it was decided. The one crucial mistake I alluded to earlier, though, was Quan uh, Bray dropping a ball that would have put the Alouettes into scoring position early in the fourth quarter with the game tied at 18. Instead, that set of downs uh, ends in a punt, uh, or an attempted punt, because uh, you get a bad snap and the you know Montreal turns the ball over. Uh, the Riders are scrimmaging inside the Alouettes' 20. They punched it in quick and easy. Uh, Montreal did rally to retake the lead, but you know, by then this had turned into a, a back and forth uh, type game, and having that you know one possession flip on you like that uh, ultimately was Montreal's undoing. So the Riders head off on to their final bye week of the season now, and and they sit tied with Calgary for second spot in the West, one game back of the Blue Bombers. Montreal is pretty comfortably locked into second place out east despite the loss, but after Labor Day, this is the, the time of year where you can't be dropping games in succession coming up on the stretch drive, and, and they'll be looking to stay above 500 with a win on Saturday against uh, possibly the league's best team. I'm not sure when the last time a Winnipeg-Montreal game was considered a marquee matchup, uh, but it'll be just that, and it's uh, hardly stretching credulity to suggest that these teams could end up eventually meeting in November. But in terms of the here and now, the Alouette's biggest task this week uh, is coming up with a game plan to try and limit a, a punishing Winnipeg ground attack that will be bolstered considerably by the return of Andrew Harris. Harris was, of course, suspended two games for a positive drug test, and, and like every other athlete who's ever failed one of these things, he was in full denial mode throughout the week. And you can bet he's coming into this game uh, pissed off with a chip on his shoulder. And that's just running threat number one in the Bomber backfield as Chris Streveler making his fourth start of the season has been victimizing defenses with his legs as much as his arm and, and surely intends on doing so again in this one. If there's a reason for optimism on the Montreal side, it, it's that Streveler is nowhere close to the deep threat that Cody Fajardo was or, or even Mike Riley for that matter going back a couple of weeks. So the risk reward of moving more bodies towards the line of scrimmage to try and stuff the run uh, in leaving your defensive backs in man coverage is a lot more palatable this week than it would have been last week. 
but everyone knows Winnipeg is going to run heavy, and, and for the most part, nobody's been able to effectively shut it down up to this point. So simply committing more personnel to stopping Harris is no guarantee that they're actually going to be successful. This is an excellent run-blocking offensive line, and, and the Owls are going to have to do a, a very good job of anticipating which way the play is going to move if, if they're going to maintain their gaps uh, or the strength of these blockers is just going to win out. Nick Dembski and Lucky Whitehead are, are both returning to the lineup for Winnipeg as well, so this offense is getting an enormous upgrade personnel-wise compared to what they had on hand two weeks ago in, in a game where they still put 28 offensive points on the board. Worth noting as well that Mike O'Shea is uh, 6-0 and in his last six games coming off a bye week as well, so that, that uh, extra week to prep uh, is, is something that tends to pay off for this coaching staff if, if history is any indication. Montreal's defense has been decent on the whole, but they've trended downward in recent weeks compared to the middle of, middle of the summer, uh, and, and their inability to, f- to defend second and medium situations has been a glaring issue. The lack of an effective pass rush is continuing to hurt them as well, and, and they're bringing up the rear in the league now with just 16 sacks in a, in a season where several teams are well over 30. They did have the misfortune of missing playing the Lions in the early earlier portion of the schedule where they could have maybe padded those numbers a little, but bottom line is this defensive line is going to need to perform well above expectation if, if they have much hope of limiting the damage inside the hash marks. Something Montreal has now that they haven't had in a while, though, is an offense capable of bailing out a defense from time to time. We're well into September now, and Vernon Adams is yet to really play a bad football game. It's something that we sure didn't expect to be saying, but this offense can make a case as the the most dependable unit week over week in the CFL this year, at least in the games Adams has been healthy for. The 21 points they scored against BC two weeks ago was actually their lowest total in in two months. So these guys have really been been money in the bank to show up on offense for, for the better part of this season now. But now they get to deal with Willie Jefferson on that Winnipeg defensive line, who would now seem to be the front runner, perhaps the co-front runner, along with Trey Roberson for outstanding defensive player in the CFL. Given that Charleston Hughes was a late scratch for the Riders last week, the Owls haven't had to deal with a serious threat off the edge in, in quite a number of weeks. Adams' escapability is one of his most valuable traits, and this will need to be on full display Saturday if he's going to avoid having his parade rained on by Jefferson and the rest of this Winnipeg defensive line, uh, no slouches themselves by any means. If Montreal schemes with the mindset of using rollouts and, and moving the pocket away from Jefferson's side and operates a little quicker than they have been... This is a Winnipeg secondary that will give up space and leave open receivers, at least between the 30-yard lines. With Chris Matthews now in the lineup for the Owls, this will be his second game. And the continued strong play from Devere Posey and Eugene Lewis, Montreal does have the playmakers to do damage downfield if Adams can get the ball out of there quick enough. And of course, they're going to need William Stanback to continue putting up positive yardage on, on first downs and prevent Winnipeg from sending pressure on second down. The Owls graded 60% along the ground against the Riders, only one explosive though, so I would say at a minimum Montreal is going to need a a repeat of that to stay ahead of the chains against this defense. So as I mentioned a few minutes ago, this line is sitting at minus 2.5, and this is kind of an interesting spot. I thought the market sold Montreal short having them as nearly touchdown dogs in Regina last week, and indeed they were in front of that 6.5 number for the full 60 minutes. 
to me, the number this week is is a lot more indicative of, of the slow realization by the market that Montreal is a legitimate contender. There's just a lot of things to like about the way that team is, is going about their business right now. But in this particular matchup, I, I think installing the Bombers as short favorites, less than a field goal, has actually provided a decent window to buy quite low on a 9-3 and football team that's basically played one bad half of football in the last six weeks. I'd almost say Winnipeg is now the team getting a little disrespected by the market, considering uh, last we saw they were blowing out Saskatchewan and, and then had two weeks to rest up, prepare for, for this game, and, and we'll be getting the getting back the guy who was favoured to win the Most Outstanding Player award before getting suspended over PED use. The efficiency this offence is able to operate with along the ground is is what allows them to control the pace of games and Montreal is going to have a very tough time forcing two and outs and gaining field position with, with their inability to stop the run. A bit of an X factor here is the kicking game as well. Justin Medlock has been Mr. Dependable this year, showing excellent accuracy from long distance for Winnipeg. Well, Boris Beattie has, has been spraying both kicks and punts all over the yard at various times this year. Having the kicker on your side more likely to cash in when, when the offense stalls on the 40 is, is huge when looking to cover a short number. Uh, so big advantage to Winnipeg in the kicking game. At 47, uh, I think the total is maybe a little tilted here as well. These are two dependable offenses going up against each other, and I don't think it's likely that either side fails to hit 20, assuming the weather is decent. And don't forget about Janarian Grant running back kicks for Winnipeg either. With Winnipeg probably playing a softer zone defense, I don't think we're going to see a lot of punting in this game. And both of these offenses have been good enough in the red zone this year that I don't think an inordinate amount of points get left on the table when the opportunities are there. So at just 47, I'd definitely lean the way of the over in this one. Alrighty, uh, last order of business here uh, before we wrap up is, uh, is I guess it would be the, the second best bet of the week. Uh, some solid candidates here and, and a few plays I, I like that I've, I've outlined. Uh, so options are, are actually plentiful. Um, but if I could only do one, uh, I think I'd have to put my trust in, in the league's top team with their MVP back in the fold, uh, grounding and pounding their way to a win against a, an Owls team that will no doubt be game, um, but ultimately I, I think they probably come up at least a field goal short. So Bombers minus two and a half, uh, best bet this week to, to close things down here. So thanks again to everyone who listened. Uh, hopefully by the time you, you hear this, those those bets from uh, those Friday bets that you, you hopefully got in yesterday or maybe maybe this morning even or, or getting, getting set to cash. And uh, we all have ourselves a, a little bit of bankroll to reinvest on Doubleheader Saturday. Remember, you can follow along on Twitter, at uh, KDrive88 is my handle. Make sure you check out FirstLinePicks.com for the full archive of shows uh, in addition to other sports betting related content. Uh, so best of luck here, Degenerates, and we will see you next week.